Welcome to the John Harrison Podcast. Do you realize that 70% of people are disengaged at work? I don't think it's an overstatement to call that a tragedy, actually, because it affects the bottom lines of organizations, certainly, but it has a negative impact on all the people that work there, and their families, and the community at large. Nobody's talking about this. Well, on this podcast, we are going to talk about it. So welcome to the John Harrison Podcast, and we're doing something different today. We've got a video version of the podcast and uh, just so excited today because I've got a good friend of mine, John Fry, who actually is uh, outside of London and England joining us. So our first uh, global guest on the John Harrison podcast, just uh, amazing growth in this uh, episode. But uh, I met John through business, uh, a client in England, and he and I got to know each other and as uh, I just love when this happens, but now uh, just very, very close friends and um, started off with business has transformed uh, into something different than that. But do want to talk about workplace culture today for sure. But John, if you could just tell us a little bit of your professional background, how we met, all that kind of thing. I met John. I was working at Cab Seating uh, and probably about four and a half years ago now. So John was invited over to do some training on, on Bowie's based leadership. And uh, I was the plant manager at the time, and, and I was working for a guy, um, uh, Mike Pritchard. He was our vice president of European operations. And I'd had a, quite a, a busy day. It was quite a busy week, if, in, in fact. And I knew I was booked to go on this values-based leadership course, and, and, and John was running it. And I said, Mike, look, you know, do I really, really have to go on this course? Because I've got a lot of work. He said, yes, you've got to go on it. So I thought, okay, this is two days of my life that I might never I might never get back, but okay, I, I, I'm with it. I'll go. So I went on the course, and to be fair, is that when I when I first met John, I was sitting in a classroom of others, and and John was, and for those who know him, or even those who don't, and listen to the podcast, but he's a very engaging sort of guy. You know, you can listen to John, and actually, he's one of these guys who, when you listen to, you you, you sit up and take note. And I think over the the course of the two days, suddenly the the it the I think the thing about the values-based leadership was it wasn't rocket science. There was nothing in there that I felt, what, you know, like it, it was not telling me personally anything that I didn't know. What it did do, it brought home that some of the things that, that, that what I was doing, I felt were the right things to do. And from a values-based leadership, I thought, I thought that, um, how do I put it, is that it was the delivery of the course, the, the delivery of the content that made people believe in what was being delivered. And I know, and, and I can say this, I'm not talking because John's here today or whatever and because we're really good friends now, um, but the, the content of the course, you had a lot of people, certainly even after the first day, had a lot of people talking uh, about the content and what a good course it was. And and I can honestly say a lot of people said that of all the the, the of the courses that they've been on and, 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 you know, coaching and mentoring and things that this really struck a chord. I think that the, the key to it is that John had been there and done it. So, so when he stood up and said, look, you know, this is what I, this is how I did it. And I was quite successful at it. And, and I built, you know, my career around this sort of thing. And now I want to give something back. I think it was, it made people sit up and, and, and listen. I know, I certainly did, and I know, as I said, it, it, there, was a, there was obviously some learning from it, but it re-emphasized all the things that I was doing, and it, it was almost like an ego boost because I felt that 
when you are in business, sometimes it's very easy to doubt yourself and doubt your own abilities. And when somebody's standing in front of you telling you, do you know what, I did this and I was quite, you know, I, I was quite successful at it and I think this is the right thing to do. When you look and reflect on it, if you're doing those sort of things, I think it's pretty good. <clears throat> Appreciate that. Appreciate the kind words. Um, now, I hope you heard me say about 50 times in that session that of all the mistakes I had made and that a lot of the curriculum came from either seeing dysfunctional leadership or not knowing what to do when I first started. So I, I appreciate that. But I think I thought, I think sometimes, especially when I'm working with manufacturing clients, I talk about that course as preventative maintenance, right? So we, mm -hmm. in manufacturing, we obviously shut down machinery and vehicles and we do preventative maintenance, even though it, it takes time away from actual productivity, but we know it's better for the long haul to do those things. No different than doing preventative maintenance on your vehicle, your car. So... Yes, I think we don't even profess that what we teach is all these new, trendy concepts, but we all sometimes need to be reminded of that. So, but let me, let's be real with each other here, because I came in, obviously, not only in a class that maybe people didn't want to attend because they were too busy, but then an American guy walks in, and they might think, oh my God, this, this can't get any worse, right? So, so but from, from all joking aside, why do you think what I was speaking about, not about me personally, but why do you think, and you said this a little bit, maybe because I had been there, done that, but why even from, you know, could have been American, British culture that could have clashed a little bit, what do you think happened in that room, so to speak, that people went, I don't really care where this guy's from or where this content came from? Yeah, I know that you think you place a lot of emphasis on the, on the, on the not the divide, it's not the right word, but, but the, 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 certainly the culture and the way things are in the US to the UK. Certainly your sense of humor yes. is questionable. But, but <laughs> just kidding. You, you mean the whole country, but, not mine personally. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, well, we know that we've got a similar sense of humor. We, I think we were separated at birth on humor. But, but, the, but, but I think the thing is, is that, that the people who are sitting there, I think just the content just struck a chord. I think because the, certainly like the, the, the company uh, you know, that, that you'd work with was certainly a company that we were actually working with anyway. And, and you know, I think also certainly from CVG perspective, we were quite used to having American people around because we're an American-owned company. But not only that, for me, and I think certainly the others, the key to the the key to it was definitely the, the the delivery. It was the engagement. It was the. I don't think there was such a big divide. The thing I would say is it was interesting that when you were using examples of people. I know we spoke about it in the past when when you've used used people and said, look, I'm thinking of using you know maybe you know a, a, this person to as an example of of what to do or what not to do, and we spoke about well if it was in England I would probably look at maybe a Boris Johnson or a you know or a Winston Churchill yes. you know it, it, uh, so I think it's tailoring to suit the audience and I think you did that very well in terms of recognising that maybe what you was imparting was values-based leadership and the way you saw it. And I don't think there's any divide between cultures in that respect. That's true. I think it was the examples and I think being having done your homework on, on you know, what examples should I use and what would, what would a UK audience glean, I think that that sent a message out quite clearly to people that, 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 that they accepted and just understood that you understood them. Okay, thanks for that. I like that. Um, so we talked about humor. Yes, <clears throat> we maybe were separated at birth in terms of humor and the things that we, uh, when we first started talking about 
television shows that we liked and all that. But, but you know, <clears throat> I, I used humor in the workplace a lot, still try to do that. I know you, you have, and there's some people that shy away from humor in the workplace because maybe, oh, it's not dignified or not professional. And of course, humor can go too far and it can become divisive or could hurt people's feelings and all those kinds of things. But, but where have you seen that? Where have you seen humor help, especially in a leadership role when, you know, times are difficult, whatever, where have you seen humor kind of benefit the whole situation? So I think for starters, I think, I think it, you either are humorous or you're not. I don't think it's a, you know, I don't think it's something that you, you teach or learn, or I think if it's in your makeup to sometimes make light of a situation, I think it's just in your makeup. I don't think it's something that that, that, that can be taught. And you're quite right that maybe not to force it. Yeah, exactly that. You know, is that like is a, that some people can tell a joke and some people can't tell a joke. You know, it's the same thing. But but I also think that that when you try and make light of the situation or or create a you know or recognise that yeah it might be serious but hey guys it's not life or death. You know, sometimes it's. It, I think that to those who do that, it's it's a natural reaction. I don't think it's a forced reaction. I think, um, and I think it's just a character trait to feel. But if you talk about in leadership, I know great leaders who probably have got you know their bones are dry. You know, they would they they they, they would never crack a joke. They would never tell a joke. But but you still have that utmost respect for for them as people, mm-hmm. just because they don't have humour in them. But likewise, I've known other, uh, you know, uh, other guys within industry, and and uh, I have a, exactly the same amount of respect for, not most respect for, who do have a a, hum- a humorous side to them, um, and yet it can go wrong. <laughs> you know, it's really funny because you were talking about that, and 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 I think it's very important to read a situation as well, yes, and to read your audience. So we were we had a new uh, we had a new boss. And, uh, and he looked like, he looked like, um, one of the Muppets. Um, and I, I don't know, they've got that, like big hair and big beard, yes. you know, so, and of course a couple of the guys got together and we had to do a presentation and we thought, well, it'd be funny if we just broke the ice with this guy and show a presentation and put up an organization chart. And we had him at the top of the organization chart as this Muppet. But of course we thought, well, we can't just do that and single him out. So, there was other other people within the business and the other managers and things. We just put caricatures and they were all Muppets. And you could actually see. So like, for example, I've got quite a pronounced nose. So of course I was Gonzo. Gotcha. You know, somebody, the Muppets. somebody was so, Elmo. Somebody, yes. All this sort of thing. Yeah. So of course we started the presentation. We did an introduction. Oh, by the way, this is the team. And of course, and it just, it was just nothing. Stony, just nothing. So, you know, quickly moved on. And you can see people sitting around the table looking at each other thinking that didn't work. That sounds like an episode of The Office, basically. Well, it could well be. But like, I, I just remember thinking, and it, what was, I mean, if you take a positive from a negative, the thing was, was that that was a very good learning point in terms of, you know, know your, get to know your audience before you decide to embark on make a make an icebreaker out of, you know, some yes. humor. That's a great example of not <clears throat> not a career ending move, but... <laughs> but in hindsight, probably should have gotten to know this person yeah. before that. And I've got, a, I've got a similar story that ended up working out okay. But so <clears throat> the first plant that I managed in North Carolina, 
we sold, we made final drive components for Caterpillar equipment, but we also sold them to OEMs. So other businesses were buying these components. And we had a kind of a third party sales group that would, they did the selling. So they would be out talking to different OEMs around the United States and sell our product. But anyway, once, once or twice a year, they would come to North Carolina where I was and they would give a kind of a presentation from their perspective, what their company was working on, how they were trying to sell more of our products and then what we could do for them, et cetera. But when they would come, they, they had the highest tech, this was 20 years ago, whatever, 30 years ago, but they had very high tech presentations and music and I mean, just really high end. And of course, we were a little manufacturing facility and we basically had an overhead projector, you know, and no, nothing high tech. So, but I had met with these folks a few times and, and always amazed at their high tech. So, so the, like the third time they came to meet, I said, um, well, I want you to be uh, impressed. I said, we've taken your lead and we've got some higher tech, you know, ab abilities now to our presentation that we're going to give you because we gave them a state of the kind of the state of the factory presentation. So I'd borrowed one of my daughter's uh, puppets and it was Clifford, the big red dog. <clears throat> and it was a Clifford <laughs> puppet. But I, I really built this thing up like we were going to have this high tech video display type of thing. And then I pulled out this puppet and started talking, you know, with the puppet. Now, thankfully, it went over well, right? Because but I remember my team the night before was saying, are you sure you're going to do that? And I went, I, I think these guys, they'll, they'll like it, they'll laugh. And they did. And it was a story that was told, you know, over the years. But but exactly like that could have not gone very well at all. And of course, I didn't belabor it. I did it just for a couple minutes. But but it's hard because we we assume everyone has the same sense of humor. Uh, sarcasm yeah, sarcasm yeah. can be hilarious, but it can also be hurtful. And and I think you're right, John. I think we can respect not everyone is a comedian. Not everyone needs to bring humor to the workplace. And if they try too hard, it usually bombs. Like you just, you know, gave a different example of something bombing. But I think we also need to be comfortable that like, and I love what you said, this isn't life or death. And 99% of things that happen in the workplace, especially in offices and factories, is not life or death. And we can take things so seriously that just, but sometimes just laughing even laughing at ourselves, you and I have told stories where we've made, done silly things and we spent, you know, a lot of time in London recently last summer and we were all telling, our wives were also telling stories of silly things that you and I had done, I think. But, but sometimes just laughing at ourselves as a leader shows the team that we're human. And so I, I don't know, that, I think that, that, yeah. was, that was well said. I think, um, I, I think from a, from a human perspective, I, Certainly, I think inclusion is a is a real key to it. If you're going to if you're going to make a point of making a humorous point, or if you want to be light about it, it's it's important to include people on the joke. It's include, important to include people in that mix because you know you, I'm sure you know yourself is that you know you walk into a room where there's been a joke told or there's been something, and you you're not party to that unless somebody tells you about it. You feel left out of the loop. You feel as if you're not part of that that team, that 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 group. And as I said, I think a lot of the time with people, it comes naturally to a lot of people anyway. But when I was at uh, CBG, I, I was used to standing up every month and talking to 400 people. 
you know, with a microphone, you know, you know yourself, John. I don't, I don't shy away from from the sound of my own voice. That's correct. So, but you know, so you know, but I'm quite conscious. I'm quite. I know that. But the thing is, is that you can be delivering a message, um, you know, of a, a tale of woe of, of the business has not particularly performed particularly well this month or whatever. But by the way, guys, you know, there are other things to, to this and we're going to do. And it's all, it's just about engagement. And, and people like to laugh as well. And people like to feel lies. And people like to feel that it's not all one way. So not always bad news. It is some light at the end of some tunnels. And, you know, I think it's very good. I think it's important to just engage with people and not even crack jokes, but just be light about things and make people feel that that not everything that, that's done here is just for the, for the sole purpose of the business. That's you know, right. it's all about it's all about it's all about accepting them as people, and that all the efforts that they put in are appreciated. And I think, John, what you're saying is, even if there, it hasn't been a good month, good quarter, <clears throat> people still generally put in a lot of effort, and and, if, yeah, I, and, yeah. and we have to remind them of that and thank them for that. And, and and with that, let me maybe just kind of close here. But you you just you kind of got me to think here. You and I have been around the block a little bit. We've been in business for a long time. We've we've led a lot of people. For a new leader, somebody in their 20s that is now taking on their first leadership role, what would you look back now, like if you said, man, when I was 25 or 30 years old, I wish I wish I would have known then what I know now. What what would you have done differently when you were kind of coming up to the ranks as a young wow. young leader? What comes to mind of... And maybe, because you said it a little bit just a minute ago, maybe, hey, we're, we're going to get through these things and it's not life or death and maybe we stress too much about some things. But what, what advice would you give to a young leader? So where I, well, it's funny because it's a good question and, and it's one, when I think back to my time um, with Land Rover, when I, was, when I was probably ambitious, I suppose, I, I wanted to do the next step in management, you know, Everything was all about perceptions and how I was perceived and, and it was all about results driven. And, you know, and you were still part of the team, but, but your, your efforts were, were geared towards, uh, you know, I, how many engines can I make? What's the quality like? What's a, what I found the step that the real big stepping point or the turning point in my career was, was actually engaging with the people themselves. So when I became a, a, a production manager for the first time was, I, um, initially, it was all about you know, look, guys, we've got to you know get everybody together. And you talk to them all and say, you know, guys, we've got to get this, you know, or girls, we, we've got to get these engines out. We've got to get the quality right. And eventually, I got to a point where every morning I walked the production line and said hello to every single person along that production line. To the point where some guys and girls didn't were just hello, didn't want to engage. Sure. Other guys and girls would say, "Yeah, yeah, you know, my dog's not been very well," or you know, and and it's that, and and getting to know people on a personal level and engaging with people, I found that you got more out of them, and they, and I felt then that that they didn't feel they were coming to work necessarily to do work and take the money home or do work for the business. They were doing it for you almost because you were engaging with them and you were interested in what they had to offer. And therefore, what they had to offer was something positive. So, and I felt that as a manager, I think I wish I'd have taken that step earlier and got to know people that, that mm. reported, you know, reported, a lot of people reported, I wish I'd got to know them sooner and done that sooner. I, I love that. And you've, <clears throat> you've heard me talk about 
passion like water in a bottle, right? Like we people, there is downward pressure on our passions at work because of deadlines and machinery breakdowns and technology issues and customer changes. And, and I think, John, a lot of people in leadership are so results driven that their first inclination is chatting with everybody at the beginning of the day means we'll get less done because that's taking time away from pro- yeah. productivity. But, but what you, what you did when you made those, when you made your walk, and like you said, some people respond to it, some people don't. But, but, but I think you were putting water back in lots of people's bottles because if if you they did tell you that their dog was not well, and you talked to them about that for a few minutes, or their child playing football, or you know the movie they saw over the weekend, whatever. If you just put water back in four hundred people's bottles, then you are gonna get more done as you said but we we miss that yeah, so sure. much and i and so <clears throat> i love that lesson and i think when we're young especially we're we are thinking results and numbers and we can miss that and and frankly i'm just going to end here because when i got sent to so the company that i worked with when i met john was a u.s based company and john mentioned that and they had locations all over the world and i went to most of all of their locations in the u.s and outside and of course, not once was I thinking, well, on one of these stops, I'm going to meet somebody that will become like a brother to me. And, and that happened here. So, so I think that's the other thing, that to not lose that. Like, the work, work is work, and it's not fun a lot of the times, but, but it's a chance to make a connection that might last a lifetime. And so uh, that happened with us, and I'm thankful for that, and thankful that you joined us today. Um, to be on this. Uh, and I'd like to tell you that there'll be millions of people listening to this, but <clears throat> that may not be true. <laughs> but, but maybe this episode will be the one that kind of causes that to happen because you're, you're so engaging. But, um, but seriously, all joking aside, thanks for being a supporter of mine and our little company here and our mission. And thanks for living it out because I know you do. And uh, it's just been an honor to, to to hang out with you because you and I get to do this a fair amount, but now other people are getting to, to see you and that that's worth it for me. So thank you so much. You're more than welcome, John. And like I said, I, I wrote it down here. I says, if anybody asked me who John Harrison is, I said, he's the guy I go to when my dad's not available. But, but how old is your father, by the way? He's 74. Okay. Well, we'll just leave that there then because that, yeah. that, that makes me sad a little bit, but, <laughs> but, but no, thank you so much. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode or even ideas for a future episode, you can contact us through our website at johnharrisonvip.com or follow us on any of our social media platforms.